Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 39. Here's what I'm talking about in this episode. Gender Spectrum and their sex ed training in schools. Chicago Public Schools refusing to release public records on their gender and sex ed training. And Governor Glenn Youngkin gives an absolute pardon to a father who was arrested at a school board meeting in 2021. I'll finish this episode with some updates of previously covered stories. So story number one is actually a story I wrote about in my book, and it touches on the harmful effects of radical ideologies and how they've taken over our government schools. So I'll paint the picture for you here. In 2021, in a Virginia high school, a teenage girl went to use the girl's bathroom. And while she was in the girl's bathroom, she was raped by a male classmate. This male classmate was a boy who identified as a girl. So this boy's trans identity was being reinforced at school and by school staff leading up to this attack. This girl's father is named Scott Smith. So when Mr. Smith's daughter told him what happened, he immediately contacted school administrators. And this is when Mr. Smith says he began to be villainized, intimidated, and threatened by radical activists. So a few weeks later, at a school board meeting, the school superintendent said that there was no record of sexual violence in the school and that students were not in danger. He said this while the victim and her father were in attendance and while the rapist was still on the loose. At this board meeting, the board was discussing whether or not to pass a transgender bathroom policy, which would allow boys into the girls' bathrooms. So Mr. Smith and his daughter were there and they planned to speak up about the rape and how the school board was lying about it all, trying to cover it up. Around this time, a conflict broke out between Mr. Smith and the local activist who had been threatening to ruin Mr. Smith's business through social media. So stop and ask, why would someone threaten this father whose daughter was just raped? I think the answer is obvious. These people who support gender ideology care more about their perversion and delusion than the truth. More than they care about people who've actually been harmed by their ideology. So the father and this activist had a confrontation and the two were separated. Mr. Smith was dragged away and charged with obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct. He was arrested. His picture was plastered in media outlets around the country So do you think that this father deserved this? What would you have done? So the day after Mr. Smith's arrest, a spokesperson for the school district emailed all the parents saying that Mr. Smith, this father, he was the reason for the police presence at the school board meeting and that no students were in danger. Even though, as I mentioned, the rapist was still free and one of their students was an actual rape victim. So soon after all this took place, that's when the National School Board Association wrote their infamous letter to President Biden, 
saying that parents at school board meetings were quote-unquote domestic terrorists. So not only was his daughter raped, ignored, and lied about, but Mr. Smith was arrested, demonized, called a domestic terrorist, and has been dragged through this fabricated legal battle for two years now. That is, until just this week when Governor Glenn Youngkin granted Mr. Smith an absolute pardon. The official pardon stated, quote, Scott Thomas Smith has been publicly and falsely accused of domestic terrorism and hate crimes for attempting to advocate for his daughter, a victim of sexual assault. I have decided it is just inappropriate to grant this absolute pardon that reflects Scott Thomas Smith's factual innocence, end quote. Mr. Smith stated about the entire situation, quote, the damage has already been done. The process has been absolutely brutal because it took away some of my family treasure that could have gone to my daughter's situation. I'm thankful that the Yunkin administration gave me an off-ramp to these charges that never should have happened. It's kind of bittersweet because I really look forward to winning this in court. But unfortunately, our justice system is so screwed up right now that I didn't feel that I could potentially get a fair shot in court. And that's what should scare every American, is that I had to take this because I cannot trust our own justice system, end quote. Story number two. So this story hits home for me because it's about my former employer, Chicago Public Schools. According to the Daily Caller, Chicago Public Schools refuses to release public records on some of their teacher trainings, specifically those about gender identity and sex ed. So my book is actually based on the mandatory teacher trainings I had to complete while I was teaching for Chicago Public Schools. Now this was back in 2020, but the training sessions were all about preferred pronouns, gender identity, intersecting identities, and school policies that told us to keep secrets from parents about their kids' identity or sexuality. My teacher training took place during the first school year with COVID, when we were all remote. But we weren't trained on managing virtual classrooms or how to teach remotely, no. We were told to encourage transgenderism among our elementary school students. We were told to implement sexually inappropriate materials, like the gender unicorn to kindergartners. And we were told to discriminate against our students and our colleagues based on their skin color and their religious beliefs. It was absolutely filled with Marxism and communism, which are atheist ideologies. Now again, I'm talking about the training that I experienced in 2020, not necessarily the same trainings that this news article talks about. So this current article says that Daily Caller News filed a records request through the Freedom of Information Act, but Chicago Public Schools refuses to cooperate. The school district responded to the request claiming they were, quote, exempt from disclosure, end quote. Hmm, funny how that works. So the Lurie Children's Hospital actually provided most of these teacher training materials stuff that promotes gender ideology and sexuality in schools. I actually covered this story earlier this year, but CPS, Chicago Public Schools, CPS paid over $90,000 for these training materials 
And now CPS doesn't want to cough up the details about what was being taught. So here's just a sample of the kind of training materials that Lurie Children's Hospital was giving to Chicago schools. One workshop was called the, quote, LGBTQ-centered Gay-Straight Alliance Workshop, which covered topics on sexual communication in a gender-affirming way, healthy LGBTQ relationships, anal sex, and HIV. Now, imagine being a teenager or even a preteen going to class first thing in the morning and your teacher is talking to you about anal sex. And this is what state leaders and school boards are fighting for. They want this to happen. A co-founder for the parent group called Moms for Liberty said, quote, if it must be hidden from parents, then it's wrong. Parents have a fundamental right to be engaged in the education of their children. And taxpayers deserve to know where their hard-earned money is going. Instead of funding these programs, schools should invest in the actual education of the students. And perhaps then, the reading and arithmetic proficiency scores would not be plummeting across the country, end quote. So yeah, that's the common sense viewpoint. Shoving academics aside and focusing on politicizing education is one of the signs that our education system has adopted the Marxist and communist ideologies. The USSR did the same thing under Lenin. Nazi Germany under Hitler. Communist China under Mao. So, hey, maybe we don't want to copy those models. Perhaps we should acknowledge the fact that modern progressive education is not really educating anyone. But it is definitely indoctrinating millions. So, parents and teachers, it's important that you look beyond the warm and fuzzy buzzwords like inclusiveness, supporting, affirming, and try to understand what you're actually dealing with in these public schools. Story number three, the California Department of Public Health currently has a nine-year agreement with the nonprofit activist group called Gender Spectrum. Now, I've talked about Gender Spectrum a bunch and discussed them in my book, but so many state agencies and school districts even federal agencies, get their marching orders from Gender Spectrum and other groups like Gender Spectrum. So I'll give you a few examples of what I'm talking about. The newest delusion, the newest fad that Gender Spectrum is pushing are quote-unquote neo-genders or neo-identities. So what's a neo-gender? Well, let's say that a child really likes eagles and says, you know, I think I'm like an eagle. I think I act like an eagle, and my personality is like an eagle's. Well, in that case, this child would be referred to as quote-unquote eagle self, or being quote-unquote eagle gender. So instead of saying he likes to play video games by himself, you would say eagle likes to play video games by eagle self. So this is a real thing, folks. This organization is literally pushing this stuff, and California is actually paying millions of tax dollars for it. And keep in mind what's been going on in California recently with all the secrecy policies, you know, bills to force parents to, quote-unquote, affirm their child's trans identity or lie to them. 
And anyone who fights back gets sued by the attorney general. So the state takes your money, uses it to pay for your children to be indoctrinated with all sorts of evil, then sues you when you simply want to be notified about what's going on. You know, I would say welcome to the twilight zone, but that'd be an insult to the twilight zone. What's happening now in California is way worse. So let me keep going with this gender spectrum group. Here's what the manager of family and educational programming at Gender Spectrum says, quote, if parents are not supportive of neo-gender identities and the youth is feeling really torn because of that, I definitely recommend supporting that youth in the ways that you can. So definitely making sure to use this youth's pronouns when it's safe to. The youth may request, obviously, don't use these pronouns around my parents, but when you two are alone or in spaces where their parents are not there or the youth has indicated that it's safe, making sure to use those neo pronouns or making sure to refer to them in ways that make them feel gender affirmed, end quote. So if that's not an ideological wedge between parents and their children, I don't know what is. Also, listen to what they said. Make sure to use these pronouns when you're alone with the child? Good Lord. You know, with this epidemic of pedophilia in this country, around the world, does nobody else see the perversion here? You know, it's all about being alone with kids, talking about sexuality, while intentionally keeping the parents out of it, only doing it when the parents are not around. Gender Spectrum also provides, quote-unquote, gender support plans, which students can fill out in school and request different pronouns. They can indicate their gender identity, and students can also indicate whether or not their parents should know about it. So this stuff is being financed and supported by the state of California, as well as the CDC. Yes, the Center for Disease Control. They use gender spectrum materials. The same CDC that sets masking guidelines and vaccination guidelines, the CDC sets their national sex ed standards to align with what gender spectrum says. So here are some examples of what the CDC and gender spectrum say that kids need to be learning in schools. Here are a few examples. First, students should be able to define gender identity by second grade. So bye-bye to teaching biological fact and hello to delusion and indoctrination by the age of seven. Second, students should be able to describe the role of puberty blockers by fifth grade. Fifth graders should also be able to explain how gender identity and gender expression exist along a spectrum. And finally, Eighth graders should be able to define anal sex and list various pregnancy options, including abortion. You know, never mind how to read at grade level or do math or know what the Constitution says. Anal sex is what kids should know about. So that's what the CDC and gender spectrum believe. So here's what the CDC says about these standards. Quote, 
The standards are designed to help schools focus on what is most essential for students to learn. Most essential for students to learn by the end of a grade level or grade span and can be used to create lessons and curricula with aligned learning objectives. So that's what they say is most essential for students to learn. Gender identity, puberty blockers, abortion, anal sex. So a consultant for gender spectrum said about these sex ed standards, quote, things like social media and YouTube are giving young people more permission to explore their identity and maybe to try on new identities and decide if those are right for them or not. I would say that's a good thing, not a bad thing, and that kids should be supported in that, end quote. So pay attention to the slippery slope here, folks. Everyone knows how a slippery slope works, right? You give in a little bit and then a little bit more, and before you know it, you've gone farther down than you ever intended on going. And that's exactly what's happening in our schools and really in our country. It's also what happens in our own individual lives, especially with social media. So all of us should be able to relate. So please don't disregard this evil just because it may be in a different state. It's all over. This stuff is becoming mainstream. I mean, don't you remember how much the CDC was controlling your life during COVID? Don't you remember the serious impacts that their guidelines had on schools, businesses, restaurants, airlines, going into the grocery store and hospitals? It was insane. It still is insane. And these radical gender theories and these lies are being supported by powerful groups like state governments and even the CDC. So I'll finish with a few shorter stories and some updates. Story number four, California custody bill, AB 957. I discussed this last week, but assembly bill 957 has passed the California state Senate and the assembly, which means it now goes to the governor's desk for him to either sign or veto. If governor Newsom does neither, the bill will automatically become law. So it's literally one step away. This bill deals with custody disputes that would require courts to consider whether or not a parent affirms their child's transgender identity before they rule on custody disputes. So if two parents happen to have a child that's suffering from gender confusion, you know, maybe the school or social media or the other parent has indoctrinated the child, confused them, if one parent does not reinforce the transgender lie, they could very likely lose custody of their child. Not because of physical abuse, not because of neglect or drug use or violence or anything like that, but simply for not bowing the knee to the gender identity gods. You're gonna lose your child. If you don't suspend all common sense and biological fact, the state is taking your child away. That's what this bill says. So if you wanna keep custody of your own child in California, you'll be forced to recite the nonsensical, evil, abusive lie of transgenderism. And that's if this bill makes it through just one more step. Story number five, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy recently read pornographic children's books out loud in Congress. Why? 
Well, the state of Illinois just passed a law that prohibits parents from removing pornographic books from their kids' school libraries. Senator Kennedy decided to read from two of those books and enter their text into congressional record. The books were called Gender Queer and Not All Boys Are Blue. So I'm not going to read the quotes because they're disgusting, but they graphically describe anal sex and other homosexual acts, total perversion. And these books are in public school libraries in Illinois right now. So kids can go read this stuff and parents can't do anything about it. So after Senator Kennedy read from these books, he asked the Illinois Secretary of State if he thinks these books should be available to kids. And the Illinois Secretary responded, quote, with all due respect, Senator, the words you spoke are disturbing, especially coming out of your mouth, end quote. So the Illinois Secretary of State acknowledges how disturbing the content is, but yet his own state passed a law that keeps these books in public schools in front of children. And parents have absolutely no control over that. So who has more influence on the child in this scenario, the state or the parents? Story number six, New York teachers who were fired during COVID for not getting the vax finally get their jobs back with back pay. So during the whole COVID pandemic, thousands of teachers around the country were fired for refusing to take the COVID vax. In New York, there were 10 teachers who filed a lawsuit about it. Well, a state Supreme Court judge just ruled that those 10 teachers must be given their jobs back with back pay. The judge wrote, quote, this court sees no rational basis for not allowing unvaccinated classroom teachers in amongst an admitted population of primarily unvaccinated students, end quote. He later wrote that, quote, hindsight is a powerful tool. The pandemic today is not what it was a year ago or even two years ago. Being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19, end quote. So what a ridiculous situation we were all put in and how terrible that these people's livelihoods were threatened or taken away because of these vaccine mandates. But good for these teachers for standing firm and getting their back pay, even though they deserve more than that, in my opinion. Story number seven, our final update. You might remember a story about a girl named Sage from earlier in the year. I even wrote about Sage in my book. Basically, Sage was a teenage girl and she was confused about her gender. She also suffered from mental health issues. Her Virginia school district reinforced her trans identity and encouraged her to use the boys' bathrooms in school. But the school never told Sage's parents about any of this. Sage lived with her grandparents because they were her legal guardians. But Sage never told them about her gender confusion and neither did the school district. So the grandparents just kept referring to Sage as a girl, just as they always had. Sage was verbally, physically, and sexually harassed and threatened by boys in her school. And she eventually ran away from home to meet up with someone she met online. But it turned out that the person she met was a pedophile who kidnapped Sage, raped her, and sex trafficked her across state lines. 
Sage wound up in an all-boys juvenile facility in Maryland. A girl in an all-boys juvenile facility in another state, Maryland. Maryland state officials chose to affirm Sage's trans identity, meaning they reinforced Sage's confusion and kept lying to her about it, and they kept Sage away from her parents in a separate state because Sage's parents had not affirmed Sage's trans identity, the state of Maryland considered them to be unsafe. That's how they justified keeping this teenage girl a hostage, basically, in a boy's juvenile facility. So, Sage was sexually assaulted yet again in this male juvenile facility where these radical state officials had placed her and were keeping her. So what did Sage do? She decided to run away from the facility, was sex trafficked again, and this time wound up in Texas. Finally, Texas authorities returned Sage to her parents in Virginia. Now, Sage's parents are suing the school district for their involvement in all of this. In addition, the public defender in Maryland, who kept Sage separated from her family, is also listed in the lawsuit. So that's good. Finally, I want to encourage you to read my book if you haven't done so already. It's called Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education. You can find it on Amazon or at masterbooks.com backslash conflicted. Thanks, everybody. That's this week's State of State Schools. Take care.